Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Tuesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer G. Hay Wiley, associate producer Armani Buckets. How are we doing on a beautiful Tuesday? You know, I'm, I know a lot of people are going to complain about the gloomy uh, morning, but I love it. I actually love the fact that we have weather right now, so I'm, I'm really, really psyched. Because you always say it's a beautiful day in Southern it California. Is. Listen, if we are up and talking about sports... It's a beautiful day. Am I not right, Armani Buckets? I agree with that part. I don't agree with that. I'm not a fan of gloomy weather at no? all. No? Oh, dude, I love it. I love it. I love the fact that there's like some kind of change. Like I know a lot of people were very happy with last weekend and how beautiful it was. And it was like 75 degrees and sunny and you can go out. I just, I need some kind of change. Like I need it to be cold for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people are like that, but no, 75 and sunny, you can't you can't beat that. No. Well, that's also because you're partially from Chicago, so that's, that's another that's reason. True. Yeah, But it always amazed me when people were like, don't you miss seasons? And I and I lived in New York for a couple of years, and I'm like, no, I, I actually don't mind it being 75 and sunny on Christmas Day, on Thanksgiving Day. I don't need snow. I don't need to shovel snow. I just remember like my first year when I lived in New York, being so happy when it was above zero. It was like, okay, it's not freezing anymore. I can actually enjoy life. All right, guys. So yesterday uh, we talked about Lincoln Riley being the new head coach at USC. 3 p.m. was the press conference. I was there at the Coliseum, and it was a sight to behold because, again, like they went all they, 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 they pulled no punches. They, they, they pulled out all the stops. The Trojan marching band was there. The song girls were there. The media was there. Um, this is a very exciting time. But here's the unique thing. And here's the thing about the story that we're not really talking about, but we kind of have to talk about it now. With Brian Kelly being the new head coach of Louisiana State, the number of coaches who are leaving their jobs, good jobs, by the way, and going to another school for, and we don't know the exact figures, but let's just put it in the range of 10 to $15 million per year. When a college, when a high school player entrusts a coach with their careers and they kind of sign the intent and they, they, they're there for the next four years, the, the ability of coaches to just leave and someone had a great um, tweet, Jihei. Brian Kelly apparently, I, I don't know whether they have like a Slack channel with the players or something, but apparently Brian Kelly notified his pl- players that he was leaving. It was kind of like when Berger, uh, he um, he broke up with Carrie on a post-it, <laughs> on a post-it note. I mean, like when you're coach, by the way, he is still, he was the coach of a team fully in contention for the college football playoff right now. I mean, this is not a team where their season is done. This is a team that is still in contention for a national championship, and he effectively texted them, hey, guys, it's been great, but see you later. So, okay, let's first get into that, because we talked a lot about Lincoln Riley. We'll uh, hear from him in the next segment. But the ability for college coaches just to leave – 
and the multi-million dollar, again, like, let's just say, for example, if Lincoln Riley's deal, let's say he's making 10 million a year, let's say it's a 10-year contract, let's just put it out there, say it's a 10-year, 100, 120, something million dollar deal. The fact that he can just leave Oklahoma, all those recruits, I mean, he has put Oklahoma in a very difficult position. Again, we don't care here in Los Angeles and as a USC fan myself, but all those recruits that had committed to play for Lincoln are now leaving Oklahoma and they want to come to USC. What is your, I mean, I just think this is a very slippery slope now for college sports. You do have to, at the very least, A, clearly have to pay these players. We have begun to have those talks now. But you need to make it not so hard for players to leave a program. Because if I commit to Lincoln Riley and he can just leave at the drop of a hat, these players have to have that ability too. Like they can't just say, listen, I know you committed to Lincoln Riley, but Lincoln Riley took a $110 million contract from the USC. So, but you, you, you are here, you are effectively the property of this school. And if you want to leave, you have to play for the team that we want you to play for. Again, they have to make it conducive for these players to go play for the coaches that they want. And again, we've had this talk for years. There's got to be a clear path for them to get paid to play. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's a slippery slope for sure uh, for for players to leave, for coaches to leave. But I mean, it's the name of the game right now, you know, Um, money talks deuces. So and obviously SC has to be paying him an astronomical amount of money in order for him to to have gotten here. Yeah. Um, And on top of it, you know, we knew that this was going to happen once um, you, you were allowing players to leave. At kind of at will, right? Like be able to go through the transfer portal and not yeah. have to worry about, oh, I have to sit out a year and not be able to play and all that stuff. You can automatically go and you can play. Like, I mean, COVID changed everything. Let's get real. Oh, like, 100%. COVID changed everything for these kids to be able to leave. Like, I remember when I was playing college ball, like, I would have loved to have left and gone someplace else if I was going to play. Like, easily. Like, that would have been a no brainer for me, you know? And now they can get paid off their um, their likeness now. Like, Kudos for them. Like I, I get it. It's a slippery slope, but you know th- this is where they're go- they're all going to have to just make adjustments. Are they going to have to do contracts with players now? Like, are, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, are they going to have to do that? Are they going to have to? Is that going to be in the conversation to yeah. keep these people? Like, there's going to have to be some kind of incentive to keep these kids because they are definitely dropping, especially in Oklahoma. I mean, he already oh, yeah. he already has you know recruits that it was committed amazing the number of commits that he had from California, and that was the biggest thing. When you're talking about USC, USC should recruit itself. E- even Paul Hackett, and I've said this time and time again, Paul Hackett wasn't a good head coach, but at least he could recruit. He could keep the players who were who were uh, you know. I mean, when you look at Pete Carroll's first you know, couple of years, Carson Palmer was a Paul Hackett recruit. Troy Palomalo was a Paul Hackett recruit. Hackett could at least recruit. Clay Helton, there was a couple of years there that he was last place in the Pac-12. You're talking about finishing behind Corvallis. You're talking about finishing behind Pullman, Washington. I mean, if you guys have not been to Pullman or Corvallis, you are lucky because those are terrible places. So the fact that you would leave Los Angeles and go to Corvallis, go, go to Pullman, go somewhere 
that is not Los Angeles. Now, all these kids who are about to leave their backyards, leave their homes, are saying, oh my God, Lincoln Riley, the coach that I wanted to commit to, to play for, that I was willing to leave Los Angeles to move to Norman, (laughs) I can now stay home. And by the way, Lincoln Riley was recruiting last night. It's amazing. I mean, the guy got on a plane, landed, toured USC, had the press conference at the Coliseum, and from there began recruiting. Why? Because so many of his recruits were from Los Angeles. And and, and so this is a a great time for USC because at the very least, USC, when they were with Pete Carroll – Found a way to recruit in Texas and Florida and New York, New Jersey. And and that – when you are a school who can recruit the country, you are a top 10 program. The fact that USC these last few years have been losing players in their own backyards, players who are top five recruits, top five blue chip recruits are leaving Los Angeles to go to Norman, Oklahoma, to go to, to Alabama – those kids are now going to stay here. And so that's why I thought it was a great press conference yesterday. Met with Matt Leinert, met with Mark Sanchez. I talked to both of those guys as well. They were so happy. First of all, not only, you know, when you are, when you play for USC, and at that time period when you played for Pete Carroll, when you were competing and you were top five program, you remember what the Coliseum was like. And it's hard to describe it to people. And again, I when I taught there, I tried to, d- to describe it to my students and say, you know, like there was a time period where the Coliseum was packed, where the Coliseum was sold out, where this was the place to be. And it's like, it wasn't that long ago, but you're telling these kids and it's like, wow, what was that like? And it was like, it, it was amazing. It was fantastic. So Matt Leinert remembers that. Mark Sanchez remembers that. So they were at the press conference. They met with him. And what Lincoln Riley has built there is what Pete Carroll had built at USC in terms of having Heisman Trophy quarterbacks and the number one draft picks. So he's he has that. And if you're a quarterback and you're watching Kyler Murray or you're watching Baker Mayfield and you want to be like that, you want to play for the coach who helped them get to the pros. So this is a great moment for them. Um, you know, the big thing now is is you have to produce. And I know Pete Carroll turned it around very quickly. And I think Lincoln Riley could do the same, but we do have to give him some time. And we talked about this on the show that I think everyone is very, you know, how soon can it happen? Well, listen, you're not going to turn around a 4-7 and team to a 12-0 and team next year. I do think it could be a good team next year. I do think that they can be a contending team next year. But this is going to take some time. But uh, th- that move set in motion a ton of moves. Again, Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to Louisiana State. Does Luke Fickle now leave Cincinnati? What happens with Matt Campbell? A lot of crazy things in college football. Um, I mean, this also just goes to show you that coaching is everything. 100%. In college football specifically, I think in college sports, right, when you talk about changing the culture of a program in collegiate sports, it begins with the head coach. And because, listen, the players, you know, with with football, at least they have to stay for a couple of years. Like in hoops, I mean, you could come here. You you, you can be one one and done. done. (laughs) But it is so important to have a a head coach in place that changes the culture that it it kind of like, you know, we're going to have players come and go. But at the 
end of the day, Nick Saban changes the culture of a program. Lincoln, you know, thing about Lincoln Riley is he's only 38 years old. So, the, you know, he, he's, he had an amazing five-year run with the Sooners, but we don't know, you know, what kind of a coach he can be here with the Trojans. But college coaching is so important. It is so important to have a coach who can change the culture. And so that's why you are seeing now, and again, these are crazy contracts, but they make sense when you, when you look at how much these programs, in terms of season tickets, TV contracts, Brian Kelly's contract, with Louisiana State will be about 10 years, $95 million. That is the second 10-year, $95 million contract we have seen. Again, Lincoln's contract should be about the the same. Um, and, and again, normally speaking, you know, you're thinking about a 10-year, $100 million contract. That's for the National Football League. John Gruden was the first time, like, I saw a coach sign for a 10-year, $100 million contract. So, um but it may make sense. Where would be a, a realistic place for USC next season to finish in the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, they have the quarterback in place. I think that they have some good uh, players in place. The So I'm trying to think right now. You know, I'm not going to say that they're going to win the South, but... I mean, at least over 500. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I think if they had a decent coach, they would be an above 500 team. So, yeah, listen, I, I think they'll... they'll so like seven and five, I okay, guess so you could say you say you go from five and seven to seven and five. I'll, I'll use the example of Pete Carroll, his first year at USC. They go six and six year two. They go 12 and two. And so, again, that's why I think the turn can be very quickly. I think that there's got to be a one year kind of comeback where you kind of get the program in place, you get your system in place. But yeah, I think next year above 500, play in a bowl game, at the very least beat UCLA. You got to beat <laughs> UCLA. You got to you got to do that. But um I do think that this team can get back to where it was pretty quickly. And it was just good to see USC kind of being talked about around the country again. USC football with all that they have in terms of their history, it was really hard to uh, see them like over the past few years with Clay Helton, just like had no chance to compete, no chance to contend. But now that they are back in the conversation, I think they're going to get the top recruits again. That They're going to be talked about. And I, I do think just because of Lincoln Riley and some of the guys they have coming back, I think that they will be, just because of who they are, a preseason top 25 team. Now the key is to kind of build on that and again, no expectation for them to to have a championship season in year one. But I do think it can happen pretty quickly. But by the way, Las Vegas will have, uh, I mean, they scheduled this game a year ago. But USC will play Louisiana State in Las Vegas to begin the 2023 season. So that, that's in a couple of years. But never thought back when that game was announced, it would be Lincoln Riley's USC versus Brian Kelly's L L L L Louisiana State. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, big game in the National Basketball Association tonight. We have the Phoenix Suns. And the Golden State Warriors. And again, I think everyone's talking about the Warriors being the best team in the league, being the best team in the West. Again, we have to remember, they're playing really good right now. Klay Thompson's not back. If Klay Thompson's back and he's 100% healthy, James Weissman, if he comes back and he's 100% healthy. But no one's talking about the Phoenix Suns, guys. And 
wanted to get your 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 thoughts on that. I you know they won the West last year. I think everyone knocked uh, their path to get to the West. Uh, I mean, in terms of going to the finals, they they played the Clippers without Kawhi. They played a hurt Lakers team. The Nuggets were hurt. They can't help that. They beat who they had to beat. They get to to, to the finals. That was actually a very close finals. I mean, people forget I me mean, that 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 finals could have flipped or switched if if two plays go the opposite way. Your thoughts on the game tonight, Suns and the Warriors? Well, I think it's um, it's it's two contrasting styles because the Suns kind of want to play a half court game and slow it down a little bit, and the Warriors just want to go, go, go. So that's going to be interesting to see how those styles. Um, mingle together. Yeah. With that being said, the Warriors' depth has been great, right? But the Sun, but I think the Suns don't require their stars to be great to win. They have more reliable depth. Whereas the Warriors, if Steph has an off night, I think that they would in a playoff game they would kind of be screwed. The Suns, Chris Paul, Devin Booker can have off nights, and then you have a random Cameron Payne twenty five point night. You have a yeah. random DeAndre Ayton twenty and twenty. So it's like I, I want to see what happens tonight. And obviously, as you as you mentioned, Clay's not back. I still think Golden State style is really really hard to stop. So I would lean with the Warriors. But yeah, Phoenix looks incredible. The other night they beat Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Although Brooklyn's motivation that night was was missing for some reason, <coughs> James Harden. But um, <laughs> but, but um, it, it's going to be interesting because right now it looks like they're the top two teams in the league. Yeah. Oh no, no question. I mean, the Suns have changed the culture too. Uh, I guess that's all I can really say. Um, Clay, Clay, Chris Paul. By the way, culture change. We kind of yeah. joked about that before, mainly because he n- never got his teams that he changed the culture on to the championship to the finals. Whether that was with the Clippers, whether that was with Houston, can get you only so far. But kudos to Chris Paul. I mean, no one would have thought the Phoenix Suns last year would have gone to the finals. And again, I mean. Things can change with one play. Again, two defensive plays don't go their way. They could be the champions. Again, Milwaukee deserved it, but again, no one gave the Suns credit last year. You go into this year, no one's talking about the Suns. Again, second best team in the league right now. Quick question for you, though, Armand. If both are out, because you mentioned, you know, if... Um, if the Suns have like one player have a, an off night, you're going to get you know somebody else coming in and and picking up the slack. What if multiple players are out because then then you have you know kind of a hurt starting five, and then I think they need at least Chris Paul or Devin Booker to have a good game. But if one of them doesn't, I think that they can find a way with their role players to make up for that. Okay. And Bridges is having a defensive player of the year type of season. So they've in-house, they've grown so much. Cam Johnson's finding his confidence. The Warriors have the same thing, don't get me wrong, but the Warriors role players are reliant on Steph's gravity, the the magnitude that he has. Whereas the Suns, it's more like you like you were mentioning, Jihei, the culture that they've established, kind of the the offensive system. And it's not so much reliant on Chris Paul having 30, Devin Booker having 30, although they can on any given night. So it's a great balance that they have. The uh Clippers, real quick, because we've we've kind of talked about them a ton in terms of like we're really impressed with the way that they're playing really quickly guys seems like they've hit a wall here i mean they got blown out 
by the New Orleans Pelicans. Have they hit a wall? Again, I mean, they, they, they were playing above expectations with no Kawhi. Thoughts on what the Clippers have? I mean, they, they are struggling right now. They need to fix their rotation around. I would give a lot of the G-leaguers some time. Jay Scrub yeah. can score, and they I don't know if people know who Jay Scrub is. Eric Bledsoe's minutes need to be cut into. Yeah. And if, if that means Jay Scrub, if that means Brandon Boston, he just had 46 points in the G-league. So they have to figure yeah. out a way to get those guys some minutes. Yeah, no, I agree. I, uh, they have to figure something out where they just have to switch up rotation and, and mix something up yeah. because th- what they're doing right now is not working. Yeah. The Lakers and the Clippers basically have two 500 teams, and that's like the worst place to be, you know, <laughs> just to be a 500 team. You're, you're, you're not in contention. All right. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will hear from Lincoln Riley. Again, I was at the press conference yesterday at the Coliseum. Great day to be a Trojan. So we will hear from Lincoln Riley when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California in 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and the 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Again, Lincoln Riley, the new head coach at USC. Big press conference for him yesterday at the Coliseum. He was on campus. He was at the Coliseum. He met with former players, Matt Mark Sanchez, Matt Liner, talked to the media. And then as soon as that was over, he got on the recruiting trail. It was amazing. The process has begun. The turnaround has begun. But don't take it from me. Let's now hear from Lincoln Riley when he was uh, talking to the media for the first time as USC's new head coach. Wow. Is this real? Uh <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I want to thank everybody for being here today on uh, on such short notice. It's uh, yeah, this is a, a surreal moment to be honest. Um, I'm so honored to be the the next head football coach here at USC. It, it means uh, it means a great deal to me. Uh, a few people that I want to thank, and and I could honestly talk about all these people individually, and we got to know each other um, probably as well as you can over the last. Uh, 36 hours, whatever it's been, it's it's been a whirlwind. But President Folt, Chairman Caruso, uh, the Board of Trustees, Mike Bone, and then Mike referenced Brandon Sosna. Um, again, I could talk for a long time about these people individually and the impact that they've made on me in such a short time, the obvious impact that they've had uh, on our great university here. But it's honestly more fitting to talk about them as a whole because when they first came to me with interest on this position, that was the first thing that I noticed is they were they were completely in sync. Uh, completely in sync about what they felt like that USC football could be, uh, what they felt like that we needed to do to, to make up the gap. And they were totally united on doing anything and everything possible uh, to help get us to that point. And that was, as a football coach, to, to have that support behind you from some of the most influential people in this university, um, from your bosses, um, from people that are going to make big decisions, it said, it said everything that I needed to hear. 
And uh, so thank you all for this opportunity. It, it means the world to me. Thank you. Um, yeah, to our, to our former players, uh, got to meet a couple of them here. Honored to have Matt. I saw Mark, a couple others here today. It means one, a great deal that you guys are here. Uh, uh, the history of this program is as good as it gets in college football, period. And, and it's that because of the great players, the great coaches, the great administrators, so many people in the past, and, and want you to know that our doors will always be open. Uh, you are a part of us forever. Uh, we are. We can't do this without you guys, and uh, we're going to certainly enlist you to help us build, to help us recruit, and, and, and in return, we hope we can give you a program that you're damn proud of. So thank you guys. Um, uh, to, to the faculty and, and to the staff uh, here at USC, um, my mentor in this business, Donnie Duncan, taught me a lot about college football and honestly taught me a lot before I really uh, had come close to even understanding it all. But one of the things he taught me that's maybe been the most valuable uh, in being a head coach is you've got to understand that, that football is important, and I know it's very important to our Trojan family. It's very important to this university. Uh, but we're just a single part of this university. There's one of the best things about a university community is it's so many different groups coming together uh, and making that environment that's so special and shapes so many people's lives. And so uh, to our faculty, our staff, everybody involved with USC, I want you to know that I'm going to do my best to make sure that we represent you well. Uh, I cannot wait to, to go to work with you. Uh, we're going to put out a football team that hopefully you're proud of on the field, but you're proud of what they do in the classroom. They're, you're proud of what they do in the community and that we represent you well, uh, and then we work incredibly well together. So cannot wait to, to meet all of you and be a part of your family. Uh, to both our, our current uh, players who had the honor of meeting with uh, about an hour ago uh, and, to our future, and to our future players, uh, we came here because we believe in what this place can be. And that is because that will be done with the players on the field. And to, to win championships, to get this program to where we all know and believe that it should be, it's going to take every single one of us. And we are going to be committed to, one, bringing the best staff in the country uh, here to USC to help guide this team. I've been able to bring uh, a couple of guys here this morning that are incredibly valuable to me. Uh, Clark Stroud, who will be our director of football operations. Alex Grinch, who will be our defensive coordinator. Uh, Dennis Simmons, who will be our wide receivers coach. Uh, and Benny Wiley, who will be our head strength coach. Uh, these guys got on the plane with me this morning with, without a contract, without anything. I called them and said, you want to come? They said, yep. And I said, all right. <laughs> plane leaves at 6 a.m. They were there at 540. And uh, they, they have been instrumental uh, in our in our success uh, at Oklahoma and and I think it says a lot that they that they wanted to be here uh, with you with all of us and, and I can't imagine doing it with any other guys uh, cannot wait to, to get the rest of this staff here and I can promise you it'll be one that you're very proud of and the combination of that staff and, and a roster that we're going to fight like crazy to build uh, I, can be very very special and we plan on building the best roster in the country and, and, and within that locker room the best culture in the country it's not about the individual players here it's not going to be. We're not going to let it be. Uh, I told the team earlier, it's amazing in this era of NIL, of all social media, all the different things going on for individuals that when you care about the team the most, 
it's funny how all the individual things tend to work out for you, and that's how it's going to be here. The culture will be team first, and we will have a room of great athletes. Yes, they will, but they're going to be people that care about winning championships, winning rings, holding up trophies, raising banners, and that's that's what we're going to have in that locker room, and that combination of that and a great staff is how you do it, and so cannot wait to get started on that. Uh, I'd be... Uh, I, I think it would not be fitting for me to recognize uh, the University of Oklahoma, uh, the impact that it had on me, the people there. Uh, this was obviously, I told the team earlier, uh, toughest decision of my life uh, to come here. And, and it's uh, those people there were tremendous to me. And uh, so, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for my time here. That's a, one of the best college football programs in the country and, and has been forever and will continue to be. So very thankful for my time here. Um, to all the Trojan family, uh, we're in this together. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take every single one of us to do what we have to do. We all have different roles in that, and I think it's important for us at this time to, to all pull together. And uh, I can promise you that you're going to get the best out of myself. You're going to get the best out of uh, our staff, out of our players. Uh, and we're going to put something on that field that you're proud of. And I, and I agree uh, with Chairman Caruso. This place is going to be full. This is going to be the, the mecca of, of college football. And, then, and I don't... I'm not, I'm not big on I'm not big on false promises, hollow promises. I'm not going to stand up here and talk about all the different things that I think we can do. I, I, the, we see the potential there. We know we've got to go to work, and it's going to take every single one of us. But if we all do what we can, can you imagine the scene down here? Some of you guys have seen it. Some of you guys have experienced it. I'm ready to experience it. Uh, and I'm ready for our current players and our future players to experience that as well. So, um, and lastly, uh, certainly want to thank my family. It's a dream to be able to do this with you guys. So, love you guys. All right, now it's time to go to work. <laughs> now it's time to go to work. Uh, so thrilled again to be here. Um, honored to be your coach. Honored to be a part of you. Fight on. Thank you. Or we can just speak loudly. Oh. 
Hey, Lincoln, Ryan Karchi at the LA Times. Uh, just wondering, obviously this came, seemingly came together pretty quickly. Uh, you lost a, your last game at Oklahoma on Saturday. Can you just take us from that point to Sunday morning when, when this kind of deal came together and what was kind of going through your head as, as you made that decision? Yeah, no, it was, a, to be honest, a little bit of a blur. Um, we got home uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, um, and uh, got the information from, from USC that there was some, some real interest. And uh, so talked to a little bit about it um, early that morning, slept for a couple hours, and then uh, had a chance to uh, jump on a Zoom with, with some of our university leadership and, and uh, kind of talk through what this might be. And uh, it, it came together quickly, but to be honest, in this day and age in college football, it, it, it kind of has to if it's going to. It's just the way of the world right now. And uh, But I would say the impact of, of meeting with our university leadership uh, was was pretty immediate for me. Uh, I'm aware, obviously aware of this program, aware of um, what, it's, what it's done, uh, what it can be. I think that's pretty well known in the college football world. And that was part of it, but you know, you can't just rely on the logo. You know, you can't just just because it's USC. That's 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 a great start, but that's all it is is a start. You better have the right people behind it. You better have commitment at all levels. You better have alignment at all levels, or, or you're not going to be successful. And uh, when I met with our university leadership, uh, I could see there was total alignment, and and more than just alignment, there was excitement. I mean, you could tell they were ready to go, and uh, the, their energy um, just spoke to me and uh it, and so yeah it came together pretty quickly had some conversations some some tough conversations back and forth and, and making a decision but it was it was tough to leave the place i left it was but at the same time um i knew this was the right thing and uh um just knew knew this is where me and my family wanted to be and i know mike has talked a lot about just building a championship program and building up the infrastructure around it when you just sort of took a cursory look at that, you know, what was your kind of impression of where the program stood and how much did that just kind of influence your decision to, to move here? Well, I, I think I looked more at the more at potential. Um, it, it's Things are going to change. Uh, a lot of things are going to change. The roster is going to change. You know, facilities are going to change. There's gonna, it's going to continue to evolve. Um, but I saw, again, I saw the right leadership behind it. Uh, I saw a history and tradition of excellence uh, I saw a place that is, is fully committed to being where we feel like we can be here. And, uh, and I felt the exact same way about it. So, um, you know, it's, it's time to go to work now. You know, it's time to build this roster. It's time to do the things that we need to do facility-wise. It's time to, to, do, to bring in the great staff. I mean, this is, this is the fun part. You know, this is where you build it. And uh, we're going to get the right people on board, players, staff, everybody. And we're going to work like crazy to get it done. Hey Lincoln, Antonio Morales from The Athletic. Obviously, you built a successful program at Oklahoma. What about this challenge of, of getting this program back on track intrigued you? Everything intrigued me. It, it did. I, I think the, the location, um, I think the, the history of the program, I think the opportunities here uh, to recruit um, and build a national championship level roster. Uh, the opportunity for my family to live in a new place, to experience new things. I think you know, I've got two young girls, as I mentioned, and 
for them to be able to experience different things in this life is very, very important for me and uh, and my wife. And so we're we've always kind of been people. We're, we're not scared to take a risk. You know, we're not scared. To, I don't see this as a risk, but we're not scared to to, to take a jump. And uh, and this is this this was the right time. And uh, everything about it made sense. And to me, everything about it is is. I love the situation we're in right now. I do. I, I love it. And uh, I think we're going to do nothing but, but grow and build. And, again, we've got the support and the right people here to get it done. Yeah, Bill Plaschke, LA Times. How soon can this program get back to prominence? How much time do you need? <laughs> well, I've been in L.A. for a few hours here. Um, <laughs> um, I, in this day and age, I think it can happen quickly. I do. I, I think... There's a lot of good things going on in this program right now that we can absolutely build on. Uh, I think in this day and age, with the way college football works, you can turn over rosters in so many different ways, and we'll be very uh, um, very deliberate and, and creative and intentional about that. Uh, and with, again, the, the combination of the staff we're going to bring in, the players we're going to bring in, the leadership that we have, the support we have, uh, again, getting our former players so involved with this program, which is incredibly important to me. I just look at it like, how, how can we not do it? You know, how's it not going to work? And so, uh, you know, there's no, no time is soon enough. I mean, no time is soon enough, but we're going to fight like crazy and, and take advantage of every moment. Ryan. Sorry. Uh, Ryan Abraham, USCfootball.com. Uh, with the early signing period coming up so quickly, did that have any influence on the timing of your decision to come to USC? And then what's the plan for recruiting over these next couple of weeks? We're going to do a lot of it. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I don't know that it had an impact on the timing. I mean, I, you know, we had the conversation with USC and knew it was something we wanted to do. And I think out of, you know, obviously respect for, for Oklahoma and allowing them to be able to, to, to move on and, and obviously to, to get here and get an opportunity not only to not only to, to recruit, but to get a chance to see our future team, you know, watch to see them practice this week, see them play this weekend. Uh, what a what a great advantage for us to be able to get to know the roster a little bit. So, um, no, I'm thankful that we've got two weeks here to get it done. I think we'll get a lot done in two weeks, um, and, and there'll be important decisions because the decisions we make here in the next few weeks will will, will shape the future of this roster. And uh, so we're, uh, we are definitely going to hit the ground running. Adam Grossbard, Orange County Register. Uh, Mike, uh, the coaching search cycles go so quickly these days. How did you balance trying to make sure you got your top candidate without letting other potential candidates slip away? Well, I think that's a great question because it's difficult. It's extremely difficult. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think that being surrounded by people that really instilled a sense of, of confidence that we could deliver on that. I mentioned Carol, Rick, Brandon Sosna, uh, so many others around us, boosters, supporters, media, talking about, hey, this is Los Angeles. This is the sports capital of the world. And uh, we can do it. And when we hear from leaders from uh, the Lakers, the Dodgers, Rams, Chargers, people that represent the heart of this city, that inspires you. And so um, I think there was, uh, I mentioned it earlier, there was always somebody that stepped in at the right time and our confidence just remained very, very high. 
and I think that was important to ensure that that Lincoln uh, or any other coach that maybe thought this was something they would do would would see that and and in our eyes. And I thought it was really, really important. So it was about the team that constantly found a way to ensure that we never wavered. And uh, I think that that's important. And uh, Lincoln and I were both, uh, as I like to call, all the clipboard quarterbacks and uh, played. And so we know that that sense of being able to have that look and 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 being that that person, that confidence. And uh, Lincoln's a. Uh, a phenomenal uh, developer of Heisman Trophy quarterbacks, and uh, we've had our share of them here too. And so I think it's that sense of, of confidence in the eyes and, and, and thinking that we can do it, whether it's fourth and nine and Matt's got to throw it and get the first down and win a, a game or any of those pieces. And I think that's why uh, it's important to have a leader like Lincoln Riley that knows what that look and feel is like and being able to develop it. And so it was really a contagious feeling. How you doing? Christian John Bradley, Annenberg Media. You talked about, you know, you wanted to build a culture of teamwork. So can you talk about the type of identity you're looking to build on the, on the, on the field? Well, I think, yeah, everything's going to start with the team here. I mean, this is, again, no matter what all's going on in this world, as this world evolves and changes, especially for, for you know, young men that are 18 to 22 years old, uh, this is still a team game. This always will be a team game, and it's going to be won by the best teams, not the best individual players or the most talented individual players. And I think there, there are some, I think, new challenges this day and age in creating those atmospheres, but I think all that's done is it means you know coaches and leaders and players have to adapt to that. And I think the, the best teams, the teams that have the, the best chemistry, the best culture, maybe have more of an advantage this day and age than ever before because of all the distractions and all that can take you away from it being team first. All right, that was Lincoln Riley. You also heard from USC Athletic Director Mike Bone. Amazing setting there at the Coliseum. It was at Club uh, 1923 atop the Coliseum where you could see the Hollywood sign in the backdrop, downtown Los Angeles. It was a perfect clear day. And so, and he was loving it, taking a look at the beautiful uh, Coliseum. And again, you heard him say it, this place will be full again this place will be the mecca of college football that was clearly not the case last year it was half empty it was depressing i refused to go to a few games just because it was so depressing but it will be good to have a contending team again all right that's all the time we have for today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is arash markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy the arash markazi show on a new generation of radio, the all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.